Welcome to the Six Demon Bag Podcast, where we pull random topics related to writing, comics, movies, all that kind of thing. This is Ed. I'm the author of Three and a Half Children, 12 novels, 12 unproduced screenplays, and all your nightmares. I'm Jeff. I write science fiction and horror. This is Drew, gaming aficionado, uh, anime critic, and political addict. My name is Danny. And this is Ryan. Bad dates. February 3rd, October 19th. Um, Those aren't bad. <laughs> Most people would have gone Friday the 13th. Uh, um, a bad date. I've been on... Hold on. Maybe I'm the one that was the bad date. <laughs> if you don't have any Tasty. bad date stories, then I'm the bad. the bad date. <laughs> I, got, I had a bad date where I got all the way into the bedroom... And then chickened out and went home. It was a pretty bad Did date. Did she ever know you were there? <laughs> oh. Did the alarm go off? <laughs> Purge stories. <laughs> that's, that's going way back. That's going back. No one's been willing to date me for years. So Was the first date with your wife like a smashing success? Yeah, it was. Yay. Yeah, yeah. TMI. <laughs> All right. Um, I've pulled out... Something from the bag. Storm stories. Environmental encounters. Man, I mean, I hate to just keep throwing it to you, but I don't know, you had your whole house flooded out. It is true. I guess that would be it. I, I was a Harvey survivor. Um, it's a which was a hurricane. Um, uh, I thought you meant the flood. burger joint. The, the hurricane actually wasn't that, wasn't that bad. It was just, it, this, it parked over our neighborhood in rain for about three days straight. We've got like four like 50 inches of rain, something like apocalyptic. My uh, kind of rain. So. I told Danny to build a big old sand barrier, sandbag barrier around his house. Mm-hmm. Didn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't. But what's interesting, when the water comes in the house, you'd think it would come in like the door. Well, I would, I thought. But it comes in from everywhere. Like from the weep, it comes, you know, from the weep holes and everything. Wick up and then start. It doesn't come in from out. the, you know, from the underneath the slab, but you have weep holes all around your house, you know, at least I do. And so it comes <laughs> in from, you know, to get the water out, and it all just comes in. So it's not just coming in from the doors. It's coming in from the, coming from the walls. Like a blank wall. Yeah, it yeah. comes in from all, all your, yeah, just toilets. like, shh. Coming in from your tears. So it's sort of a mad dash to, you know. Because we didn't think we were going to get water because we never got it. And then um, at a certain point as it keeps on... Oh, we ran out and shut off the breaker because <laughs> if it hits the sockets, you have electrified water. Uh, nice. Which is not good. So you're... I mean, bad. I guess I could have prepped a little better other than waiting to like, oh, shit. Who could have known? Who could have known that there was... You know. Um, and then Only at a certain point, you're like... You start prepping your attic. At least I did because I have a <laughs> one story for... You put like a bucket to poop in up there and... Like a bed and like, so you kind of, but it stopped about six inches up. Uh, but what was really nuts, when it, when it passes and everyone comes out and it was, was like the purge or some, there's military aircraft flying around. There's search and rescue in the Cajun Navy, like going around with airboats, like with Where was like, Does the Cajun Navy have like a dedicated tromboner? No. <laughs> Where was this? 
This is in Houston. Okay. Not from Houston. Houston so. stories. Houston. At any point, did one of your animals float by on like a cooler lid or anything like no, that? No, they were stacked and unhappy. The dogs we sure. had in like our our bed, like we were just sort of all like kind of cluttered on the bed, and I would have a I put one foot down not so I'd pee but so I know like how how high the water was getting so it would. But um, you say you had fish or something in your yard? Yeah, I opened the front door to see. You know, you're kind of in shock at you know everything, and um, in sort of a blackout. Once your cell phone goes out, you really can't charge it. Um, you know, or even if you have electricity, um, oh, well, I guess you, then you could charge it. But anyway, uh, yeah, I opened my front door to you know just kind of look at the neighborhood, and there was fish swimming, you know, my you know, up to my door. I was like, that's not good. So what do you do after that? Was it that like was awesome. the house of loss? That was it? Or? Uh, well, yeah, I, I had insurance, so I actually did okay. Um, but, yeah, you basically, anything that water, because it's all... Yeah, it's going to... It's stewage, sewage, sewage. Yeah. Stewage. It's sewage and And it's going to rot. And, so, but it, le- it drained fast. Like, once it stopped raining, you know, it, it left. It just never stopped. Um, but it was really surreal seeing like your neighborhood turn into like a post-apocalyptic water world with people being ferried down your, you know, I had to, I had to boat my, my dogs to a place where they could use the bathroom because they wouldn't go. I didn't want them to either. So (laughs) yeah, I had to like wait out, it was about above the waist and then, then I had them in a giant storage bin that we had a plastic one and boated them out and they did their business and then three days later there was no water anywhere but everything smells that's the other you have to rip yeah. everything out everyone just throws it in their front yard so then you live in a neighborhood just full of trash heaps for about a month and a half well thankfully the skidoo gangs didn't come in and- oh, that's man. right <laughs> the smokers you the not you smoker. avoided the smokers yeah but it is kind of it is now. I kind of really have a little bit of PTSD if it starts raining <laughs> like hard for like an hour. Like I get get them like, sandbags. Unsettled. I'm telling get, you, it's it's weird. Get but. them sandbags or dig a big moat around your house. Okay. <laughs> so these are storm tips from storm tip. RG. Uh, yeah. So that's anyone have a storm story? One time, this lady shot lightning at, out of her fingers at me. This is. That's mm-hmm. called static. But storm. Storms. Three storms. Ching. Oh. Storm stories. Oh, storm. Mm. She had a mohawk at the time. I didn't like the look. It's been raining in Los Angeles off and on these last couple of weeks. It rained for like a good weeks. week, I think, didn't it? Yeah. And I decided to bike to work because it wasn't raining at that moment, but I only got about a block away from my apartment, and then the heavens opened, and I spent, as I have often done in the past... An entire day in a super air-conditioned office with soaking wet clothes. That sounds real harrowing. Did you have to call your insurance company after that? <laughs> Those were <laughs> nice pants. All right. The ski doo gang did chase him home, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got one uh, for Danny. New, new, oh, Why topic? is it all... I've got a topic for Danny. Aren't we sick of me yet? No. Yes. Uh, we're sick I mean, of ourselves. No. Oh, is that it? Okay. <laughs> All right, here's a topic. Worst thing I ever saw. You were here when I told you I saw a dude poop in another dude's ear, right? <laughs> yes. I heard that. And I think you can do better. Really? 
So uh, here's one that I haven't uh, brought up on the podcast before. Uh, one summer when I was like somewhere between like 10 to 12, pretty young, but old enough that I would be allowed to swim out to the buoy. For those of you who've ever gone to the beach or lived on the shore, right off the shoreline, you have a bunch of buoys past which you're really not supposed to swim. And uh, I remember Krakens out there. Me and my friend were at the beach and uh, it was not a beach we normally went to. Um, and we saw something floating in the water. And uh, that was when we were like trying to dare each other to swim out further or go down deeper and touch the bottom. Kind of these freaky little dares. Um, and we saw something floating like right past the buoy. And he said, uh, I dare you to go get that. So I said, all right. So I swam out past the buoy, and it was this big white glob. Mm. And so I got it. You know, I, I was I could kind of wrap my arms around it, and God. then I swam into the beach, and I came out, and we're like, ah, oh, cool. You know, what is it? It was a dog's head. Oh no! Oh. Apparently, there was a guy that had chained up his dog. He lived on the shoreline. A huge storm had come through, and the dog had died in the storm. And I was the one who brought the dog's head into the beach. How did you not bring that up for storm stories? How did you? How you've never brought that up in all the years I've known you? I how haven't old were you? thought about you that too that often. Memory. I was pretty Hard. young. Um. Because you were describing it like this, like I thought it was a torso or something. The way you were, no, like just like showing it. Was, it. it was a very large. Dog's I just thought it was going to be a garbage bag or a diaper or something. We thought it was something innocuous, something fun. that looked interesting and worth dragging in. And it was how do you a swim all the way back head. and not notice what it is either? Uh, because it was, it was like swollen? no dog I'd ever seen. It was a dog's head that had been floating in the ocean for a couple of days. Yeah, it was all swollen and everything. It was hairless and. Fleshy and oh my god, yeah, kind of like your head. Yeah, it's very upsetting. <laughs> very yeah. upsetting. So that's that goes on the list of worst things I've that's ever seen. Pretty horrific. Yeah, thank you. Well, I have one, and perhaps this will bring us up from that because it's certainly not worse than that. It also involves a body of water and a body of another kind. Oh yeah. So it's not your body. Is let it? me. I don't the, want to hear that story. Let me set this in. That's. Not the worst thing you've ever seen. Uh, I know from experience, dude. Uh, so, campground. Upper New Hampshire. Rural. There's a river. There's a bridge. I like to go fishing under that bridge. Rode my bike over. Started fishing. Wasn't catching anything. Decided, I think I've had enough of fishing. I think I'll go in now. Turned around. Heard a rustling in the bushes. Looked over to investigate. Just with my head. Didn't go over there. Out from the bushes pops a fully nude boy. And we locked eyes. And I didn't know what to do or say. And I must have blinked or something. And that boy disappeared. And I was like, do I go and pound that boy? 
Whoa, what? <laughs> <In a bike>. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Excuse me. Happening? For showing me his nudity with my fists. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> wow. In, in any way, you, you decide to take that story. Jesus. Uh, I decided to ride away, but it really traumatized me. And as I was leaving, I thought, I may have just seen a naked ghost. Because there was Something. no trace. Some was, of them got to be naked. There was no trace they of that boy anywhere after he disappeared on. back into the bushes. Maybe he was a puck or I something. I think I saw how old was he? the ghost of a drowned boy. He's like my age, I guess. Did he have goat legs? <laughs> and how old were you? Uh, Did you have goat legs? 14, 15, maybe. Anyway, Jeez, it really traumatized that's, me. That's like a kid. I wasn't prepared to see full frontal male nudity that day. Uh-huh. Jump out from the bushes and then disappear without a trace. So maybe he was like skinny dipping. You just kind of came across him. Yeah, I'm skinny dipping ghost. Skinny <laughs> dipping naked ghost. All I remember is a gigantic triangle of pubes. Jesus. You can't not see that. I mean, when you're confronted with full frontal nudity uh-huh. and unexpected. I feel like ghosts would be manscaped. Nah, because no. ghosts are old. Manscaping's new. He said he was a boy. No, old in that they died like hundreds of years ago. So that ghost so has been jumping out of bushes unsuspecting victims for hundreds of years. What was his expression? Did he say anything? Or? No. Just full shock on both of our parts. <laughs> both of pa- his parts? Alright. Danny, we're seeing you every scene. Well, I don't know if the, this is the thing that came to mind. This happened recently. Um, I was unwillingly had a day layover in Toronto. Shout out to our Toronto listeners. Um, it's past September. I had to get an emergency visa. Long story. We won't go into. So I was had to kill eight hours while the paperwork was going through. And I decided, well, let's walk around, see the city. We did that. Didn't take long. They said, well, there's a museum. Let's go to a museum. It's air conditioned. We can kill some time. This is with my wife. Blah, blah, blah. So we go. We walk up to this museum. And uh, they have these giant, kind of heavy doors. And there was, a, there was a young lady ahead of us who was having trouble pull the door open. And being the gentleman that I was, I said, well, I'll help this woman. And rather than, you know, reach over her and pull the door, they had one of these, the button you could hit <laughs> that, will, that would open the door for anyone who may have trouble opening this giant heavy door. You're welcome. I like so where this is going. I hit the button for her. Um, and then she, I know, you know, and it starts to slowly open. And then I notice she's pushing on the door. And I'm like, this idiot. Door goes the other way. And she starts, like, making, like, little. And I'm like, what is this person's problem? And then I look. And she was wearing flip-flops, as one does. And I guess she was standing in just the right spot for her big toe to be positioned where this door that was being pneumatically opened was raking across her toe and shearing her toenail slowly off of her toe right in front of me. I don't know if she knows if I'm responsible, but it took a... she, She did like this control, quiet scream, and then the whole thing... Then the door opens... And I'm like, what is this person's problem? And I look down at the flop, and then she goes and she just picks oh, it up like a, like a guitar pick. Oh. And she's like walking in, and she's like, ah. and then I just—that's how like, you become I, I a ghost. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. 
Let's go. <laughs> just zoom, shot by. And I guess the security came, helped her out, took her to first aid or whatever. And I was like, oh. And so I spent the rest of the day just avoiding her in the museum. <laughs> and avoiding doors. And a doors. She was on this plane seat next to you. But it was so gnarly. Although when I left, like hours later, like she, like she ended up being like right in front of me leaving too. I was like, man. I said, You're like, let's make it two for two. <laughs> no, I said, that's right. See if we can give her a matching pair. She's on her own this time. <laughs> but yeah, I was seeing Why that. Why didn't she just move her foot? It was, I don't know. I, I felt so bad, but part of it was like, uh, yeah, I felt pretty bad, but it was pretty gross. We have to cut at least two of those into different episodes because it's too much for any yeah, one episode horrifying. to handle. The honeymoon is over. Embarrassing relationship moments. So this goes somewhat beyond bad dates and bad first impressions. This is when you're uh, in a relationship and have been for a while, and then that one thing happens that's a little too embarrassing to just brush off with a twinkle in your eye. Uh, We could also file this under travel stories, because my wife and I were down in Mexico, Mm. and Mexico was doing what Mexico does to your intestines. (laughs) And uh, we were staying in a palapa, which is a hut on a beach um it's much nicer than you might think than just a thatched roof hut um it was a lovely little room down on the beach but uh it being mexico um and it being a sort of less developed area the sewer systems were not that well built um and there'd been a lot of rain because we were on the shoulder of rainy season and all the sewer systems were kind of backing up and uh into Danny's house. <laughs> so we were in a place where um you couldn't flush the toilet. So basically there was a trash can next to the toilet and then you know only liquid waste would go down the pipes. Anything else and they would explode and back up. Um, but someone else was exploding and backed up. <laughs> That's right. Me in Mexico infected with Montezuma's revenge. <laughs> that would be bad enough, except that the doorway between the bedroom and the bathroom was just a tiny little saloon door. Oh no. <laughs> so you had no visual, uh, oral or olfactory privacy, uh, really a bad design. But for a hut. For a hut. For a palapa. <laughs> for a beach hut. Plapa being the operative word. <laughs> Indeed. Um, <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Thank you, Ed. But uh, at one point, I, I was in bed. I was laying there sleeping. And then something intruded upon my sleep, upon my awareness. That was so egregious that I literally could not sleep through it. Chupacabra? But it wasn't a bright light. Palapa. And it wasn't a loud noise. There was this horrendous methane reek. And I like just tried to sleep through it. And eventually I opened my eyes like furious. And I'm like, what is that smell? And my wife says, it's you. (laughs) And I was like, so I got up. I walked through the saloon door, sat down. Looked at the basket of toilet paper, and then 
about 45 minutes later, I came out and my wife said, well, I guess the honeymoon is over. Holy but cow. did you shat the bed or did That's you just... What I'm, yeah. I was just leaking some unholy okay. Aztec At vapor. that point, you would have been better off wading into the ocean. I really would have grabbing yeah, a dog head and yourself in the sand. Yeah. yeah, on that same trip, uh, <laughs> we had these um, little canisters of aerosolized water. It was just like a, a water spray right, to cool you off, right? Um, to, to cool ourselves off. It was like the the daintiest product you could possibly own. Just a little bit of uh, pressurized mist, and we were at Chichen Itza the um uh, mayan pyramid and i went to the bathroom i was like oh god oh god i hope there's a bathroom here and there was a bathroom but the the toilet toilet, worse the toilet had no seat and the stall had no door and so i was sitting there on the seatless toilet just misting myself with this little dainty (laughs) pink can of spray and i was like this is this is Should have stayed not home. Good, monstrous, monstrous. <laughs> like right. the judge waiting in the Jakes at the end of like Blood Meridian or something. Yeah. Uh, Always it's comes back to joke. Blood Meridian. Yeah, it's the only joke. That joke I can freaking tell to no one. Um, but Somebody. so this was literally the honeymoon is over because it was my honeymoon. I think it was the second night of it, and we went uh, down to this uh, brewery or whatever, and um, they had oysters on the menu. And I had never had oysters in my entire life. And I was like, I'm eating oysters. And it was like 6 o'clock or something, you know, at night. And uh, my wife was like, don't oh, don't eat those. It's it's the evening. And I'm like, well, they wouldn't put them on the menu if they were no good. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, but they apparently they do because I ate down this whole thing of oysters. Ed born every minute. <laughs> <laughs> I ate down this whole thing of oysters. I don't know if they were on sale. And that's what I thought. Oh, I got to eat Half these oysters. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I went back Oysters to the, on the quarter shell. <laughs> went back to the hotel, and uh, just, it, I don't know when it hit me, but I think it was the same thing in the middle of the night. All of a sudden, I started, like, expelling gases that were just horrific. And I Deep stumbled in... Chthonic gases. I stumbled into the bathroom, and... Kadoosh, and then I was going... Kapusta. Ass to mouth on myself, basically, because I would alternate yep. blasting it, sitting there, and then flipping over and getting on my knees and throwing up in there. And it was horrific, and it was it lasted for hours, and Ram- I was, like, screaming uh, into the toilet, like, Aah! and that was the second night Ram- of my honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, uh, as bad as that was, it was complete, once it was gone, it was completely done, and, like, you know, I could enjoy the rest of the week. What was yeah, Sandra couldn't. What I could sell. Yeah, and the in. cleaning crew. What is crew this couldn't. monster that I'm married to? <laughs> All right, favorite fuck ups. So this one's a bit of a, a long walk for a strange story, but we'd expect nothing. Me less. talking. So, uh, what else do you expect? Um. Uh, I went on a nature hike, and the ranger who was leading this hike was also an expert in bees. She was a beekeeper and stuff like that. And she was telling us that when a bee stings you, um, the stinger gets trapped. And when the bee pulls away, it rips its own guts out. And in the process, burst these pheromone sacs that essentially paint you as a target 
Yeah, so there's another an, beast. There's an attack pheromone on you, so you can run, but the bees will find you basically. And uh, so I was like, "Oh yeah, cool. Um, I'm gonna keep that filed away." But uh, ever since uh, I matured into an adult, I stopped fearing bees and I stopped having problems with bees. In fact. If there's like a bee inside, I'll catch it in my hands. Oh my! And I'll—that's bee old. And I'll—I'll I'll take it outside. Just <laughs> bees don't sting me because I do not elicit any kind of fear response or fear pheromone <clears throat> that agitates the bee. I it's, can refute that. It's just a thing. It's fine. So I was out hiking, uh, kind of by Vasquez Rocks, that area, kind of deserty, lots of scrub brush, and. Uh, I was just born country. Be careful. Exactly. Uh, out hiking by myself, and um, I decided to do some trailblazing because I saw like a cool rock formation, and uh, so I end up just picking a very difficult path where there is no trail, kind of like crawling under and through these like thorn bushes, and and going out through the chaparral towards this really cool looking dramatic cave thing and when i get there i look up and i see that this entire cave system is full of bees like it is all one gigantic honeycomb but you're not scared yeah you don't care and i'm not scared but i'm trying to estimate like there's a million bees 50 million bees a hundred million bees like how many bees can you fit in a giant cavern the size of a bus and they're like they're just coming and going the air is just like black and swarming around it and i'm not dumb i'm not going to approach it because the whole air is just like just the air is buzzing with like a buzz saw as buzzing does very loud very impressive and i'm like all right i'm not going to mess with those bees and I know they're not going to mess with me. And then one out of a million bees, I guess it only takes one, I don't know, sees me. And then just like an arrow loosed from a sniper, just beelines directly yeah. for me. And I'm so afraid of being stung and being painted with this attack pheromone because there's no trail I can just leg it up. Yeah, I, like, I got to go back into this like trailblazing, running through the chaparral and, and thorn bushes. But this bee just shoots out onto my arm, but I am like a half a second faster than it. Like I. I know that the, I can't let this bee sting me and break open and paint me with the <laughs> targeting pheromone. So, like, a, a fraction of a second after the bee reaches my arm, I cock back and punch myself in my own arm so goddamn hard. <laughs> it's like a purely panicked, don't get stung Wow! And I just fucking nail my forearm as hard as I possibly can. My arm goes flying. If the bee was still there, that bee is exploded, and now Releasing I'm all of covered its with all its guts and pheromones. <laughs> and so I panicked and ran, but uh, yeah, didn't get stung to death. Oh, Unbelievable! Unless you're ghost right now. Yep. 
B story. Favorite fuck up. Need be negative. Wait, did you get did you get stung by any other? I didn't get any bees on me as a follow up, but uh, I can't imagine how many stings it would take to match the pain I had in my arm for weeks after (laughs) when I just punched myself in my own arm as hard as I possibly could. I was just walking on the streets of Los Angeles. A likely story. uh, You know, unassuming as you please. Over on near Santa Monica Boulevard, so just concrete and buildings and industrial civilization, as far as the eye can see. And a bee stung me in the neck. Oh, damn. And, Did you get drowsy? And I, I, it hurt, so I reached up to my neck, and I flicked my hand, and I saw that half a bee go flying onto Ugh. the sidewalk and crawl around in death circles. I felt really bad. And it hurt like the dickens, so I went home and I checked the mirror and I had it stinger sticking out of my neck. So yeah, I pulled you it off. Get that like, out right away. Cause... I was like, what the fuck, B? I'm just walking here peacefully, you know. I didn't do nothing to you. Why are you sting me? I wasn't afraid of bees at that moment. I'll tell you, you had that a much. look about you. You were wearing that sweet, sweet whatever. So your story Come is on. you got stung by a bee once. I got, stung, <laughs> I got stung by a bee while minding my own business in the middle of the city. Where no bee should be stinging. Minding your own beeswax? Minding my own beeswax. Mm. Minding my own bees and cues. I stepped on a bee outside a pool once and got stung right in the center of my foot. Sure, I done that. And uh, had it, my foot just ballooned up. I had like a club foot for like a day. Gross. Yeah, yeah it sucked. And you guys ever eat at the Jolly Bee? No. Seen that down? It's like on like Vermont and Beverly. No, it's like a all right. Add it to your list they, though. They had like it's like tacos and spaghetti. It's the craziest. Gross thing. Yeah. in in the taco. I don't know. I've not been. I always would threaten whenever it would. Oh, it's it's a go to whenever, whenever the significant other wants. So what are we having for dinner? I'd be like Jolly Bee. Oh well, yeah. you talking reminded me of another bee story. Yeah. Me and Danny were eating lunch at like You sound like the droning of a me, bee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very soothing. Uh, me and Danny were eating lunch at like a Denny's or something. And at one point, the whole restaurant got enveloped by a swarm of bees. Awesome. We're like, well, I guess this lunch is... Uh, Danny, do- Danny doesn't remember. But like out on the it was not a, No, we, outside. Maybe a Norm's. Maybe maybe it was a Norm's. Yeah, yeah. Denny's is not going to yeah, get it enveloped by a swarm of bees. That's crazy. No self-respecting talk. swarm yeah. of bees would bivouac. Over I've never a seen anything like that. Denny's. It was like a rope. They must have lost their hive and uh, been migrating somewhere they, else. They migrate. It's not just about losing a hive. It's sometimes a queen will fly off, take a bunch of bees with her. But I was like, we'll be tied. Anyone who's standing outside the norms, not just because they're about to go into a norms, but well, there's no point in the bees attacking because they have no turf to defend. Well, to again, babies with them got attacked right out, just walking on the sidewalk. So you, you cannot know the mind of a bee, you. my friend. Nor can you know the mind of a swarm outside of a norms. That's the second time you've said woe betide this evening. And yeah, it's, also it's my thing now. the second time I've heard anyone say woe betide. <laughs> it's, a, it's a saying. Danny, you got I defy any you to deny bee it. stories or you just have a favorite uh, fuck up? Or a bee story? Well, it's not a fuck up, but uh, 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 behind, behind the up. scene, uh, <laughs> um, um, spoiler, we you mentioned an embarrassing story slash fuck up. Yeah. So yeah. I will... I will shoehorn this into this um, topic. Um, picture it, Manhattan, early actually, yeah, early two thousands. I'm a, a young, kid, a young know. Danny, uh, new on the scene. Maybe lived there for less than less than a couple months, 
and uh, shared a one-bedroom apartment with two other people. Hashtag Manhattan life. And uh, it was my birthday uh, a few days before. So one of my friends says, hey, let me take you out for your birthday. Uh, I said, great, let's do that. And he picked some restaurant that's – I lived on 104th and like Central Park West. And the restaurant we went to is way down in the village, so really far away. And it was a Mexican restaurant, tying back in, depending how you edit the show, to Mexican and poo stories. We have a, you know, fine meal. And about the time the check comes, grumble. Oh, man, fast acting. Now, I don't know if you know anything about uh, New York City, but they do not have many great public bathrooms or people don't let you use. I must have been out of the restaurant because I had no access to a bathroom. You can't, like, just walk into a store and say, can I use your toilet? You can't Mm -hmm. do it. can't even go to a bar. You know, like, that's the main thing is keeping people out of the toilet so i was like, oh my god and it was going to be something it wasn't going to be like a an experience you want to have in a random you know i, I need you want to be somewhere I said, familiar I need, yeah i need to get back like now <laughs> i like, need my nesting things and, around and me. you know and of course i was broke and it's like normally any sane person would take a cab to get home in you know 10 15 20 minutes whatever but no i take the subway you know because I'm, I'm broke. And so we get on the thing. I'm like hot flashes. I'm like flop sweat. And my friend's like, you know, you're going to be all right. You're all right. But he's also not trying to hurry me. Like he seems like he's trying to keep me from getting back. And I don't know why. It's kind of pissing me off that he's not on board the seriousness of my situation. There's about to be an incident. So I get all the way up to triple digit streets and I come over to my house and I'm like shaking. Like I can't even like put the key in, in the first gate of seven. <laughs> And so, and I'm, I'm sitting there trying to open the gate and he starts buzzing my apartment number, which I'm thinking, oh, he's trying to help me get in faster, but he's like, really annoyingly buzzing it. And I'm like, whatever. And then my roommate comes on. He's like, Hey, we're coming up. Um, Danny has to take a shit. And she was like, all right, now, you know, I, 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 I just gotta go. I gotta go. I, and I, I run in. Going to the toilet, just barely. It's like you know, I I pants down and like it was coming out as I was sitting, <laughs> and I'm giving. That was, that's what we call the air bud. Right. So I'm giving a play by play, and like because they're like, Danny, you're right in there. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm like I'm in inside out. It's like it's I'm painting. You know, I'm giving full descriptors and running. After many flushes, verbal diarrhea. Yes, I open the door, and there's like. 45 people there. They all yell surprise. It was like they were having a surprise party for me. <laughs> so he was trying to stall was, you while yeah, everybody got there. Yeah, he was trying to stall there. me because yeah, yeah. like everyone was supposed to come over. <laughs> and I didn't know this. And uh, so <laughs> and, and, and and like, oh, shit. Splish splash. Splish splash. But thank God they didn't do it when I came in the door because I would have shat my pants <laughs> like full on. And they're like, are you – but I was so re- – honestly, I was so like relieved. Like I didn't care. I was just like, hey. You partying after that. They were like, were you surprised? Like, yeah, my birthday was three days ago. Of course I wasn't expecting my surprise party <laughs> today. Let's keep this ball rolling mm. when we're shooting its movie, Meter Than Hell. What was, this, what was the town that we went to in the desert? I never remember the fucking Ballarat. name of the town. It was not Ballarat. Troma. It was not Trona. It was where we actually shot the desert nighttime campfire. I think it started with a C. Wagon Wheel. 
No. Coalinga? That doesn't start with a C. Maybe it starts Lancaster? with an L. Lancaster. Okay. Thank you. Starts with a C. Lancaster. Well, Lancaster. I, I corrected. <laughs> I corrected just before you said Lancaster. Uh, so we we go out to Lancaster to shoot this all, to shoot all night long out in the middle of the desert, and before we get to the shooting location, I get some jerky. Num num num. And then we go out. We're up all night long. About six in the morning, the bone collector sets in. No, dear. And everyone's going, just go behind the scrub. There's no fucking scrub out in this desert. There's like a couple of meager bushes. They're like, here's a roll of toilet paper. Just, could, just go over there. I'm like, I'm, like I'm not sure I can do... I'm like, okay, I will. And then I have second thoughts. So I'm just clenching down, bearing down on this bone collector for hours. All right. Hours. Why did you do that? Not healthy. Hours while we continue to shoot this movie and every time it flares up you just oh you gripped down i had no idea get it back yes you did because i was giving you the play-by-play <laughs> so then finally we wrap up finally and then we're like okay we're heading back to civilization who and i'm like who let you in their car i'm just bearing down on it bearing down like you said the cold sweats tears leaking from the corners of my eyes and then finally tears. it's like we need gas or something and I'm like, I can't hold out anymore. It's been like four hours of just <laughs> dealing with this, just biting sticks. And so we get to a bathroom, a gas station in Trona or, oh or somewhere about. And I'm like, this is not going to be pretty, but I have no choice. Oh, the get Trona into the bathroom, bathroom And it was the nicest bathroom <laughs> I have immaculate. ever seen. Nicer than my own bathroom. <laughs> nicer than my parents' bathroom. Nicer than a four-star hotel bathroom. And that was weird because there were like flies all over the place outside. And yeah. Stuff wasn't there. The or? town was disgusting. The town was this awful. bathroom amazing. So and I was in there for like an hour. <laughs> and uh, then you know everything was right with the world. Thank God. Three courtesy flushes. A couple of years later, we went back to give these weird mutants in Ballarat the co- copy of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And we stopped at that gas station again. I was like, I'm going to pay my old stomping grounds a visit. <laughs> like, I have nothing but fine memories. I'm going to enjoy this. Your old plopping and grounds. And the bathroom had become an apocalyptic wasteland. <laughs> there were earwigs dripping from the ceiling. Like, Let I don't know what happened right. in just a I couple of years. I think I know what happened. <laughs> Either there was a before and after moment. You destroyed that <laughs> Eden. Of the city. You broke its spirit, man. Either you fouled them. It had become haunted, for sure. The one bright spot in Trona, or it was always like that. Yeah. But you were so desperate. <laughs> you were wearing shit goggles. It was the most beautiful thing you'd ever seen. <laughs> I do want to pick up on a previous podcast um, to prove I'm a listener. And you get this message from Ryan. Yes. Black Klansman. You like that? <laughs> I like to find, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it was all right. It should be noted that anything that has any black characters at all. Yes. Ed is on board with 100%. <laughs> Me too. I Me think too. Ed is overcompensating. I think he comes from Clancaster. <laughs> I've auditioned for Spike Lee. Oh, yeah? Tell yeah. us about that story. Well, Was uh, he like, no way, Cracker? No, he has white guys in How his dare you? How dare you? First of all, it was for, of course... First of all, Danny is 116th Choctaw on right. his mother's side. When you see Spike Lee, you think this is going to be a great Spike Lee joint. NHL hockey a... promo. <laughs> <laughs> Where you play a puppet. 
you can just see the people like, who can we get to make an NHL appeal to you know a whole different section? Let's get Spike Lee to direct our promo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, nice. I was just uh, the the role was hockey fanatic. So they would just bring people in yeah, eight at a time, go down the line and say, and go crazy. And you'd be like, Red Wings, yeah, great. Oh, it, it was, they just wanted, and he sat there. like Wisconsinites. He was at the dentist office. <laughs> like, you know, he didn't care. He was just collecting his check. Oh, but yeah. The, um, so, but no one said, oh, this is a spike. You just walk in the door. You know, for a promo thing, and like oh, Spike Lee, you're like, what? And so everyone's giving like their perform. Like you have not seen commercial <laughs> actors go for a performance more in their life. Like they were, you know, like, and he could care less. And um, I remember this so besides much. the fact that you know Spike Lee doing a hockey promo. <laughs> and on my way out with the guy I was in with, like jokingly, I, I was like. You know, something like, well, either I'd either always say nailed it or, you know, thanks, thank thank God, Juilliard or whatever, you know, because it's just stupid. And he was like, man, he was really tearing himself up because he thought he made like some wrong choices for Hockey Fanatic in front of Spike Lee. And like, that was his big chance. Like, he was like, <laughs> oh, that was that was my chance to be in Black Klansman in 20 years. <laughs> to be a racist in Black Klansman. <laughs> but yeah, so. It's good that no black people play hockey. I know. I don't know. So that yeah, really, that would be a, a misread. Well, if you wanted to be in Black Klansman in twenty years, agreed. Brienne of Tarth is the Urkel of the Game of Thrones universe. <laughs> so this is a me submission. Have you ever noticed? She's kind of just perhaps. She, there all the she time, keeps though. attaching herself to people. She's like, hey, I'm sworn to protect you. And they're like, oh, cool. All right. Well, actually, why don't you go protect this other person? And she's like, hey, I'm sworn to protect you. And like, oh, fuck. Now we have to feed this lady? And like, <laughs> she's like, hey, woman. hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Starks, you got any cheese? I really need some cheese. That was a good line. He would always ask, you got any cheese? I haven't read the books, but is she like a character like in the Suki Stackhouse novels, like that one dude? She's just constantly attaching herself to different people and forcing her burden upon them. Did you read the books? Yeah. She And she does that in the books? No, too? I don't remember. I read those things a long ass time ago. But you know what I'm yeah, talking about? What's his show? name? In the, in, what was that show? True Blood. True Blood? What about it? The cook. The gay cook. Who died in the first book and was ubiquitous in the rest of the show? I think uh, he was the Urkel of that show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because everybody. Loved oh well, them. in my in this case, Brienne is not the standout character that like endured. She's just the annoying neighbor that everyone has to deal with, and she won't leave. Well, the Urkel is like the character that is yeah, the annoying neighbor that everybody that that, that like exploded in popularity. Yeah, that got weirdly, his own cereal. In this yeah, that, like weirdly jumps in Game of Thrones, it's hot pie. And then they no, they I'm bring him to the forefront. and He takes over the yeah. show. So I wouldn't say she's the Urkel, but cause she's, she take she's over not the, the real world Urkel. She's the TV world Urkel. There are two different Urkels in this situation. The in-universe Urkel. Yeah. Did she do that? Did she do what? I took. Oh, the I didn't do that. Oh, oh, did I do that? Yeah, she did <laughs> no. that. She did that Golf and clapper. more. All right. Okay, wait. Roll it back. <laughs> no. take, let's take it again. No, I can't. That was it. You uh, missed it.
Find us at sixdemonbagpodcast.com, sixdemonbagpodcast at gmail, Facebook, and Instagram, and on Twitter at sixdemonpodcast. Special thanks to Colleen Green for the use of her song, Why Do You Call Me, off the Green One album. This is Ed. If you want to find more about me, uh, you can look at my blog, emurtelec.wordpress.com, Delirium Tremens, or uh, Facebook. I'm there all the time. This is Jeff. You can find more at Carter Wrote It on Facebook and Twitter. This is Drew. You can find me on Twitter at GenFactor. You can find me, Ryan, on YouTube at 20th Century RG with the number 20. I'd like to send my apologies and my thanks to everyone just listening. This has been Danny. See you in six months. I'm waiting. Bye. Bye. Poo.